0: Well, hello, 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 my friends. It's Ryan from The Art of Paying Attention, Or paying attention is our proper and endless quirk. So glad that you are here. How's it going? What's going on in your world? What are you paying attention to? How are you doing? It's post-Easter. It's that time of year, spring is upon us. We are moving away from the winter cold rainy sad months and we're moving into spring where there's new life new opportunities right around the corner and if you're like me who live in a midwestern town spring is like no other before we get to the sweatiness of missouri summers we get to enjoy some amazing spring weather i don't know how your easter weekend was Uh, i'm recording this right after easter it was beautiful beautiful weather beautiful day hang out with family and friends, go to church. It was great. Hopefully you had a great Easter, however you celebrated that holiday or didn't or hung out or took a nap or whatever you're doing. And I've been thinking about lately, why do we do what we do? Why do we keep going? Why do we write books? Why do we write, make music? Why do we put paint on canvas? Why do we build companies? Why do we start nonprofits? Why do we uh, get into relationships, even when our hearts get broken? Like, what is the thing? What, what, what is that? What's the the hum? What's what's underneath that layer? What what is going on that's that's deeper and compelling us, moving us to keep doing these things that we do? And I, I was reminded of that. I've, I've been working on this project, a writing project, and it, it was just one of these moments where. You're thinking, why am I doing this? Why am I spending so much time and effort and energy and losing sleep and stress and to make this thing, to, to create this thing, to write this book? And it's a good question because I, I think it's a mysterious question, but it's a, it's a good question because I, I think the answer is we, we, we don't know, but we keep doing it. We, we don't know, but it, something keeps propelling us. Something keeps compelling us. Something keeps pushing us along. Like you have to do this you you have to make this thing, you have to do this thing it's something important and and it's not about you know is it going to make me money or are people gonna see it or what are people gonna how they gonna respond to it but there's just this this intrinsic internal compulsion that pulls us along, and I was reminded of that today when i uh talked to Kristen Oakley, who is a novelist and a writer and she's written uh, quite a few books and she has a new book called the devil particle that is just coming out and we talk a little bit about that what what compels us why do we keep writing what what is it even in failure even in you know not selling millions of books or or, you know maybe a handful of books or why take all this time all these, these weeks months years to make this thing to tell a story like what what causes us to do that and I think there is that that mystery below it, that that compulsion below it. But I think it's a, a good compulsion. I think it's we're, we're wired for that. We're made for that. It's important. And I've just been trying to pay attention to more of of artists and creative people and of why they do what they do. I, I just heard an interview recently with Jason Isbell, who's a, a well known musician, and he just talks about the the luxury of being able to make things, the the luxury of being able to make music. And for him, it's it's not about, you know, how many people can I get in a theater or a concert venue or a stadium, but, but how can I make the best work? How can I say something that matters? How can I be my honest self? And I think a lot of our art and a lot of our making is really about expression of how can I be the most honest person that I am today? How can I share who I am today? Where I am today, what I'm struggling with, what's going well, what's not going well, but, but what I'm making, a lot of that comes into the art, comes into the thing that, that we're trying to build. Uh, and that's not to be a selfish thing. That's not to be a, it's all about us thing, but there's that, that love and that joy underneath it that keeps pushing us along, keeps compelling us along to, to make that thing. Cause we really believe it's for something it's for good. It's, it, it matters. And so wherever you are today, just keep going, keep pushing, keep putting words on paper, keep putting paint on canvas, keep putting those plans together to build that company or build that nonprofit or keep putting in the effort to be that kind of human, that kind and patient and loving human to your kids, to your wife, to your husband, to your friends, to your neighbors, keep, keep doing the work because it matters. So I'm so excited today, my friends, to have Kristen Oakley on the show to talk about her new book, The Devil Particle. She's a great writer and a new friend. And so I hope you enjoy my chat with Kristen Oakley. Well, hello, everyone. Uh, So thankful to have Kristen Oakley on the show today. Uh, Kristen, um, I think I told you this ahead of time, but um, just say hello and then tell us what you're paying attention to these days.
1: Yeah. Hi. Hi, Ryan. Thanks for having me here. Um, I am paying attention to people these days, and I've always liked people. I've been interested in all their stories, but I am making sure that when I'm in line at the grocery store or wherever it is that I see them as not just a prop in the store, but an actual person. So for instance, I was at the post office and I was dropping off 20 of my advanced reader copy books, and which took a while because each had to be, you know, individually mailed. And I thought instead of using my phone, checking my email, I'm going to chit chat with the clerk. And he was wonderful. found out he's from Nigeria. His name is Anthony. We had a, a wonderful conversation. I learned some things about Nigeria I never knew. Um, so I'm, I'm making sure that instead of just rushing through the store and, and getting things done, that I'm actually acknowledging the other person and paying attention to them.
0: I love it. Yeah, people are endlessly fascinating for sure. Uh I was just talking to a guy who does movie directing and he was talking about how, you know, where do your movies come from and these characters? And he's like, it's just growing up and the people we interacted with and their stories, and they somehow make it into the film. And, you know, so yeah, it's just a matter of, you know, paying attention to that. And uh yeah, there's a lot, especially for you, you know, and writers and writing fiction, you know, where do you get character ideas and other than just talking about our own families or or ourselves, you know? Um right. yeah, yeah, I okay. love that. I love that. Yeah. You always have great stories and, and great interaction. So yeah, keep on doing that. Um uh, well Kristen, hey, thanks for uh coming on the show. And um I know you're uh hail from uh Wisconsin and uh you have a new book out, The Devil Particle, which sounds interesting just by the title alone. And uh and I know it's been a long time coming, and so um I, I know you're a newer writer, and so you know don't have the the huge catalog that maybe other people have but uh I, I, we love having new uh faces and new writers and and talking about your experience because i think a lot of people that listen to our show are new um or they want to make something or create something or get something out in the world and they're just not sure where to start or they're scared or what have you so um so why don't we just start with you so as far as the origin of the book like why here why now what why are we launching it into the world? Why do we have you know, advanced reader copies that we're mailing off and getting the word out? Yeah, talk, talk us through that.
1: Okay, yeah. Uh, well, I do have two other books that came out in 2014 and 2016, um, and they're, middle, they're mainstream contemporary uh, kind of thrillers, uh, Carpe Diem, Illinois, and God and Mayhem Street. Um, and at the time, I was involved and actually president of a writer's organization in the Rockford area called InPrint. And one of our members, and actually one of my critique partners, uh, Mary Lamphere, give her a plug, um, she started Prompt Club. And so once a month, you had to come in and write a thousand word or less story based on the prompt that we decided on the month before. And that particular month, was uh, write about any photograph you pick out. And for some reason, I picked out the mushroom cloud of the atom bomb (laughs) and wrote a short story called The Bomb, which is about, I don't know, 900 words or less, and created this character who just wouldn't let me go. I mean, I'd always assumed that I would write the third book in my first series, um, but this character, Paul, just uh, latched on. And so I wrote the first book. And as I was writing it, I realized, well, no, this is actually three books. And then as I was working with my editor on the first book, we realized that the first book is actually two books. So it's a four book and I call it a quadrilogy because <laughs> it's, it's not really a series. It's it, you it's one book over four books. Um, and it just took off. It's just um, love it. I just love the story. I love the idea behind it. The idea is... Um, They have to see it's in the future, uh, 2063, and they've discovered that evil is a known quantity and can be extracted from everybody and contained, but can can be tamed only in one person. It has to be a teenager. Um, So they have the vessel trials where the teenagers actually volunteer to become that vessel because then they will be saving the world from all this um, dystopian destruction that's going on. Um so yeah and the title um is kind of fun the story behind that uh I was trying to figure out well would these particles these devil particles the evil inside us would they be chemical electrical what would they look like so my ex brother-in-law is lives in Madison he's a um he's got a PhD in in chemistry he's a professor here and has all kinds of background and we went out to lunch and I said what would it be chemical or electrical and he said well actually those are the same thing it's like <laughs> okay good i went to the right person and we got to talking about it and somehow we talked about the god particle the higgs boson and and i knew a little bit about that and that's where the title well then this should be the devil particle mm. this this was how that came up but he said uh this is beyond me. You really need to talk to a particle physicist. Hmm. So I ended up talking to a particle physicist too, which is a whole nother story. Yeah. I
0: love that. I love that. Yeah. There there's something that there's so much there just even in your first few comments uh, just to unpack as far as I can hear in your voice, that, that excitement for the character, the excitement for the story. And uh, you know, anyone that that's listening when you're going, okay, what, what's the next thing or what, you know, what I need to work on. Sometimes that you, It just kind of tells you like, this is the character. This is the story. This is the thing I'm excited about because I think a lot of times, especially in creative work or any kind of work is your, here's my goals. Here's what I want to do. Here's the 10 book series. Here's the New thing I'm going to start, but then you realize it's actually this thing over here that I need to I need to go after because I'm really excited about. And I think following the enthusiasm is a big thing because sometimes we 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 try to force creativity or we force kind of something to come out that's just not ready to come out. And uh, so I love I love that hearing that enthusiasm. Like you're obviously excited about these characters, where it's going, the the different parts of it, doing the research. You know that that's always a good good sign, right? Um, Definitely. Now uh, to follow that thread a little bit. Uh, You know, one of the big questions that I love asking, um, especially fiction writers is, you know, this is obviously a, you know, has some, some heavy scientific, you know, chemical kind of research in it. But how do you keep, you know, some of the research out of it? In other words, you know, some books, it's just so there can be so much detail, so much, you know, <laughs> information, you don't want to be boring, right? You want the story to move, you want things to happen. Um, how do you, you know, how are you deciding like what to keep in, what not to keep in, how much to describe, how not to describe? I mean, do you ha- Do you think about that as you're kind of putting the book together? Or is it just kind of intuitive? Or yeah, talk us through that.
1: It's kind of all of those things. So the I also teach writing. I'm a writing instructor. And so my number one advice for all writers is to just get the book done. Mm-hmm. Just write the first draft. And that first draft is just for you. Nobody's going to see it. It doesn't have to be perfect. It's just to get the idea done. And then from there, you know, evolve into second and third drafts. And that's when you can add more research and everything else. Um, The book itself isn't, isn't I wouldn't say it's really sci-fi so much because it doesn't really focus on that um, aspect of it. It's, um, it's pseudoscience because of course mm-hmm. there aren't these actual devil particles, mm-hmm. but it, 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 you have to do enough research to make it believable, right? Sure. Uh, that maybe it is a possibility. So you do have to put that in, but without what we call like information dumps, you've got to weave it into the story where it makes sense. Um, and then the, the the thrust of the story has to be on this character and how they've developed, what their journey is, what their arc is. Um, and so, for help with that, I work with a, a really great editor called Tim Storm, who does developmental edits for me. And um, in fact, he did four developmental edits on this on this book in particular. And it was getting expensive. So I figured out that if I send him my idea for the structure of the book, which is only a couple of pages, then he could give me comments on that. And so we did that back and forth quite a bit until it really um, honed down on this character and his internal journey. Uh, so, you know, help they need help like that along the way from outside experts, critique groups or editors, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm.
0: So with your experience writing and teaching writing and all that, uh, have you found it's, is it character first? Is it plot first? Is it theme? Is it some devil particle that sounds interesting? Um, is it all the above? Like, do you have a, a process? Like what, what kind of gets you going when you think about, you know, starting the next, whether it's short story or long, you know, novel or or what have you, do you, have, any thoughts on that?
1: Yeah. I like, uh, I like the big ideas. I like, uh, so my first, book, uh, I homeschooled my kids, actually unschooled them. So the first book, Carpe Diem, Illinois, is about an unschooling town. They don't have any schools in this town. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, that was my passion. And the first book should be your passion, what you what you really are <laughs> love. Um the second book was more on gay rights, and I was interested in that aspect of it. This one, I was thinking of J.K. Rowling and, um, you know, the Harry Potter series, which is amazing. And I thought about it would be fun to do a good versus evil story like that. Mm. And that's that was basically the idea um, that I came up with. And I thought, well, what could be a twist on, I mean, it's, uh, it's done all the time, of course, mm. and for centuries, but what could be a twist on it? Well, what if you could you could take evil and contain it, and then what would the world look like if there was no evil? And then that led me to some philosophy. Well, what's the purpose of evil? You know, and, and the whole question of, well, if God exists, then why is there evil in the world? Which led me to—I think his name is Alvin Plantinga, and I think he's still alive. Mm-hmm. He'd be in his nineties by now, and he had Notre uh, Dame.
0: Notre Dame, right?
1: Was he Notre Dame? Yeah, okay. I think
0: philosophy at Notre Dame. Yeah,
1: yeah. So it was basically without, the reason there is evil is it gives us a choice, right? We, if there's evil, we can choose evil or we can choose to be good. If you take away evil, there's no choice anymore because all there is is good. And I was fascinated by that idea. And so those those things came together um, to how would this how would this work with this character? So really, when you ask about character versus plot, I guess I write more plot to begin with, but they they really inform each other. Without one or the other, you can't, you know, it wouldn't have a story. Sure. And it really comes down to that character's journey and how we can empathize with them not necessarily we don't necessarily have to like them but at least empathize with their story and and understand their journey
0: Mm -hmm. well this is good because it seems like there's you can start with what i mean everyone has very hard you know everyone has writing advice right this is how you do it um but what i hear you saying is you know if it's theme or if it's idea that you're really excited about like those characters will come the story will come or maybe it is the other way it's hey i just have this One little person who just, I can't get rid of them and they need to do something. I'm not sure what, but you know, they need to be in a story. Like you can start with that and then ideas and themes come around it, right? There's no right or wrong. I mean, it's fiction. That's the, that's the beauty of it, right? We just make it up. Uh, And no, that's fun. And I think that the, 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 the win here or the encouragement or the advice, I think really is about go where, what excites you, what, you know, because you have to have something, especially for you, you know, or a novelist. It's a long process. Like you have to be excited about it. It's going to, you know, it's going to frustrate you. You're going to have ups and downs. You know, you got to be really committed to it. And if you don't ha- like the idea or it doesn't excite you, it's just going to be really difficult to kind of get it to the end. And I think that's that what happened to me early on was I just had ideas that I just thought I really loved and they just kind of fizzled out because I just wasn't as excited about them as I thought I was. Um, no, I lo- I love that. Um, so, uh, so you have, you've written a couple books. books. Um, you just finished one. Uh, which again, I really love the devil particle of that, that title Uh, looking forward to digging in further. Um, And uh, I think at the end, you might have a a little special for all of us, but we'll we'll hold that. We'll hold the, the, the conflict or the suspense till then Um, not conflict. That's not the right word. Um, (laughs) uh, So, through all these years, I mean, you've been teaching people, you've been helping them, guiding them, doing your own, obviously your own, own writing. Um, you know, what is the, the thing that kind of keeps you going? Like what, what, why do you keep coming back to the page? You know, why just give up and this is too much work and you know, what's, you know, why, I mean, cause I think we all have different, uh, motivations T- talk us through that for you personally.
1: Um, I just, I, I can't imagine not ever writing. I, I, as a kid, I wrote stories. I've been writing my whole life. And this is the novels are a new thing, relatively new in the last, you know, 15 years or whatever. But I just can't imagine not writing. It's the, it's the ability to create things, to create these worlds. I can do whatever I want in these worlds and these people and pulling that together. And then when you, it's interesting because I'm, I'm a Virgo, so I'm very, you know, got my ducks in a row and orderly and everything else. But when I write, I'm what's called a pantser. Maybe you've heard about that, Ryan, before. Mm-hmm. But sure. I'm somebody who writes from the seat of my pants. I don't, I'm not a plotter. I'm learning to do a little bit of both now, as I mentioned with with Tim, where I do some structure work after I've written a first draft. But I really don't know how the story is going to come out until I actually write it down, which is very strange for non-writers to understand, but it's the case. And I actually really like that process. It can be very frustrating, too. Um, But then there'll be things that I've written, and I'm not sure why it's there until chapter 10 later, 10 chapters later later. Oh my gosh, that's why that's there. And it's just amazing to me how that can come out. Um, I just, I, the power of story is so wonderful. And uh, that I can do that, that I can create these stories and that people like um, and enjoy is just, I, there's nothing better in the world, really. For me, there's nothing mm-hmm. better in the world. Yeah.
0: Yeah, we sound like every writer, you know that that just can't can't imagine not doing it, or you know we would do it if we didn't get paid, or you know there's just there there there's a lot of levels to it. It's a weird, you know, like you said, the there's a little bit of mystery you know like where do these characters come from why does it go that way and not that way you know where are these ideas like i mean that that part to me is just i can't i'm i'm done trying to figure it out um but i like you know you're talking about you know we were going to get into a little bit of process too we could probably maybe shift in that gear a little bit is you know pantser versus plotter versus organic writer versus outliner you know whatever words we're using these days uh and you know obviously you can can do it any way you want um but you know it's 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 like you know, a car that just has the headlights on just enough to kind of get around the bend. Like you probably have a little bit, you know, maybe there's a, probably a character or there's an idea. There's probably something right. I mean, imagine most, you know, pantsers, they're not just like, you know, <laughs> stream of consciousness, you know, there's like, there, there's a little bit of, you know, headlights on. Um, but yeah, talk, talk us through just kind of that How did you get to that style or is that just kind of how you were taught or, you know, have you tried other ways and it didn't work or yeah. Talk us about just kind of process uh, your way of kind of getting to the page and do you have word counts per day? Like talk about, talk about that.
1: No, no word counts per day. And right now I'm in, in, um, revisions because all four of these books are written, um, I wanted to make sure they were done before I, I the first one came out. They're in various stages of revision. but um, I just like I say, I sit down with an idea and I start writing um when I'm I'm writing, writing a new project I try to get a, you know a scene done a day or a couple of days when I'm at that process and it doesn't it's interesting as you get to do it more and more, you realize that your scenes all seem to be about the same length. People say, oh, how long are your chapters? And mm-hmm. they just seem to work out that way. I, it's just the way uh, my brain works. But then there are times when I also do things like uh, and I just did this um, a couple months ago. Um, so in, in my first book, Leo, his name is Leo Townsend. He's the journalist in the first book. And he was it was the second draft and he was very um two-dimensional, you know, and, and of course it was my first book. So I wasn't too hard on myself, but I knew it wasn't, he wasn't well-developed. So I actually sat down and interviewed him and I just asked him how he was doing. And he was pissed off at me because he was hung over and he didn't want to talk. And by the end of the writing this down on my computer, I realized he's a triathlete. I had never known that. So things do come like this, um, I mentioned to my daughters and I said, well, Leo's a triathlete. And I, I never knew that. And they said, mom, how could you not know that? You write that. How do you not know? Well, the same thing happened recently in this new series. Um, my antagonist um was when my um editor and I were really going back and forth on her and 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 what what made her tick. And so I had remembered doing that before. I thought, well, I'm gonna sit down and, in, and interview her too. And that was fascinating, the stuff that came out from her. Um, so this stream of consciousness and just getting to that. Is, is tricky. But there are ways that I do it and that there are ways that people that writers can do it. Um, and and what happened with me too, like I said, I'm a pantser. Well, it took me six and a half years for the very first book. And I knew I wanted to get books out sooner. Mm-hmm. So I also use a book called um, The 90 Day Novel by Alan Watt, W-A-T-T. And what he does is the first uh, 20 days, no, 15 days, he has uh, six questions that you can answer as far as um, brainstorming ideas. So you brainstorm for the first several days and you write for two hours. You time yourself and you write it down. And then on day 14, I think it is actually, you start writing scenes. And at the end of the book, he also has the the three act arc set up. Um, so that you can kind of structure what you're doing. So it's it's a nice combination of pantsing and plotting as you're writing it. Um, and so I really appreciate that. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah it's I, I think the uh, yeah the the pure pantser is not really a thing. I mean, I think they get or they get a bad rap, right? Um, I'm kind of the same way. I, I actually go back and outline after the fact. You know, kind of give it some legs and it's like oh that doesn't work or that's kind of out of place or you know and then like as you said it's like as you learn who the people really are what their backgrounds are you might have to change a few things or whatever but isn't it it's amazing how that you just that gift of like oh i didn't know that's who they were or what you know what they look like or what their motivations are i mean that comes at some point and because i just have a hard time you know thinking oh i could outline that out ahead of time and just go well they're this and they do this and they do that like that would just to me be boring and i think I think I'm writing's fun for me and I don't yeah. want to make it, you know, this, this kind of paint by numbers. You know, I want to ha- have some adventure and not and go off the road a little bit and go, Oh, I didn't know where would be over here. Uh, right. That, exactly. That, it would yeah. take
1: the joy out of it for me. I think, it I, would think really so. yeah. it me I think so. Yeah.
0: does for me at least was yeah. somebody
1: and I forget who said it that, you know, if you're, if you're the writer's not surprised, the reader won't be either. Yeah. And yeah. I, yeah. So well, that's-
0: I- yeah, I've written some like, you know, mystery kind of crime thriller stuff. And some of the people that have given me feedback or reviews, they just say, you know, I didn't see that coming. And it's because I didn't either. Like that was, you know, that was kind of right, like, exactly. instead of having it yeah. all worked out, it was like, oh, no, actually, it's going to go here. And It's like, man, I never would have thought of that in a million years. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that's fun. I-, I love that, that part. So, you, know,
1: you know, writing your characters into these horrible corners and then you're like, well, how am I going to get them out? Mm-hmm. And it might take days or a week or two. Yep. To figure it out, but then that's, that's good. That's important mm-hmm. because no, n- you know, that's going to put the stress and the tension on the, the reader too. How are they going to get out of it? It always comes. And that's sure. the, that's the thing, especially when you're writing your first novel, you, you don't trust that it will. right.
0: Yeah, It, does.
1: it always does. Yeah, yeah. You're always
0: insecure and like, Oh no, right. I'm going to, you know, have to quit. Uh, right. Yeah. Uh, so let me, along those, those lines, because I, I think this is interesting is, you know, since you are more of a kind of organic writer, like you, you, you wrote that for, you said, you know, write the book to the end. That's kind of your style, or at least that's the advice you give, uh, you know, when you kind of knew it was going to be more than one book, I mean, how did you kind of break that up or how did you have it outlined or did you have it just kind of, um, pieced together somehow in your brain somewhere? Um, and then kind of how long did it take to get, cause you have the whole thing done? Like how long did it take from like beginning to end, at least to get some kind of draft, uh, in front of your editors?
1: Yeah. Um, so because it's a young adult, um, maybe not because, but it is a young adult. There is a, the main character, Paul, and he has a girlfriend Jalen, and he has his rival Gage. And at some point, I don't know if it was when I was writing the first finishing up the first book, I realized they each want needed their own story. Mm. And so then I knew it was going to be the three the three characters. And um, as we were writing, as I said, we were writing the first book, um, it had a combination of, well, i don 't want to give too much away but yeah. there is you'll you 'll understand when you read it that there's mm-hmm. a different a definite reason why there is two um two books on the first one um so that just that just happened it was not ever really planned out um and the same with my first two books i 've I finished the last sentence of the first book and I thought, well, he's got more stories and that's led to the second book. So, um, not plotted out. And then I forgot the rest of your
0: question. Um, yeah, no, it's like how, how long did it take between like the idea to. Yeah. (laughs)
1: Um, I think the idea, I was trying to think of when that prompt club was, but I think that was in, uh, 2015 maybe, or 14. Uh, that the idea came out. Um and I was busy with the other books too. So there wasn't, you know, full-time work every day working on those. Um it was it's really been intense of course the last couple of years. So what is that 2010 what is it we're all nine years starting it but really about I would say 5 6 years of um, working on all four books at the same time. And, uh, and most readers or most writers that I know say you're crazy. And I say yeah, I don't know what I was thinking, Mm -hmm. (laughs) working through all these, it'll be so nice to go back to just one book at a time. Mm -hmm. instead of four, but it also is, it's fascinating too. It's, um, it's amazing that a 900 word story is now over 320,000 words, you know, Mm -hmm. that it could develop into something like this.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, uh, it's a good challenge, like when you think about a series, you know, when you kind of know that it needs to be more than one, uh, you know, how to make those kind of bigger arcs within the, you know, one book right. and keep it all connected. And um, so, do you have any kind of system or any kind of note taking or computer where you could try to keep all the characters, you know, <laughs> what they look like, how old they are, you know, what happened here, other characters? I mean, do you have some way of keeping that all straight?
1: I do. Yeah. I use Scrivener um, mm-hmm. for all of that. And the nice thing is you can, it's very similar to Word and when you write it, but then it's got all the files on the side and you can have each book on the side in the file. And I think you probably can do this in Word too, but I haven't tried it. And so then what I do is as I'm working on, say, book three, but I, I, they, they're so tightly written that one book starts where the other one just ended. Hmm. So I've got to make sure that, you know, all my facts are straight with that. I can pull them up side by side and see how I'm going. And then, yeah, I have a list of, of um, not so much um, what they look like. It's more a timeline of what happened because my books also happen. um, Let's see the first one they happen within from the first to the last, it's just a few months. And the first one is just uh, like five days. So I really have to keep track what happened when and where people were and all of that. And so my timeline is is just, you know, very, it's very each chapter, what's going on just short, but, and then also what happened before the story started. So I know, you know, like when people were born and all of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, so Scrivener has worked really well for that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. If you haven't gotten Scrivener, I think it's 40 bucks or 45 bucks. I, I highly recommend it. I'm a big Scrivener proponent. And, uh, and, and actually what I realized too, is, um, the different work I do too. It, it's not just for, you know, straight fiction. It's anyone, if you write anything or you want to organize anything or you do research or it literally is the best. Cause word is a little too linear, you know, when, it, as far as note-taking and, and you can export it out to any kind of file you want to do it word, you want to do it PDF, you want to do ebook, you want to do whatever, like what, what I love too. And then the word counts. Uh, anything you can motivate yourself, you know, here's the date, you know, I need this many words or I need to get it done by, I, I just find all that. Just I'll stop. I'm not sponsored by Scrivener today, but <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Scrivener, yeah. if you are listening, uh, we will help you promote your software. Um, <laughs> but um no, I think that's really important because, uh, I mean, a couple of things, one is just for you as a writer, it keeps you motivated, like knowing where things are, knowing, you know, how you can check it, you know, and go, Oh, who was that person? And you can search and all that. Also, your editors will love you when you don't have tons of inconsistencies, you know, <laughs> that, you know, right. wrong year, wrong color pants, wrong, you know, whatever. Um, so yeah, that, that's a real helpful, helpful tool. Um, now, um, It sounds like, you know, it's kind of been a longer journey as far as idea to getting these out the series, at least. Um, Was there ever any, any thought of, you know, um, you know, I'd like to be done by this time or that time, or it just needs to be what it needs to be. When you think about like your past books too, um, is it just kind of like, Hey, it'll just be what it needs to be. Or are you saying, Hey, the next, you know, five years, I want to get X amount of books done. Or do you have any thoughts on that? Or just kind of go as the spirit leads, as I say. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think that's one of the toughest things about being a writer is being able to let it go. Um, because we could always we could just tweak it a hundred times, a hundred million times, constantly. We could spend our whole life just working on one book.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: I I've always felt that writing is um a, a journey, the whole thing is a journey, not just this one book, but my whole career as a writer. And so that each book. I try to make as good as I write as good as I possibly can at that moment in time, knowing that in five years, I'll probably be a better writer even more than I am today. Mm-hmm. And I'm okay with that because this book is really good and I'm excited for people to read it and get it out in the world. Um, it Um, I've never really felt, Oh my gosh, I just want to be done. That's never been a thing except for maybe these last couple of weeks because I've had to to format it and get it on spark and mark the marketing aspects, the business aspects aren't as much fun for me. And I think that's true of most writers I'm learning. And some of it I do enjoy, like I enjoy talking on podcasts, um, that kind of thing. But, um, The as far as the books are concerned, no, I really enjoy, I really just love these stories. And I'm, even though I've read them, like the first book, I don't know how many times I've gone through it now. um, I'm still like, there are parts where I've just, oh, I really, I really like this. This really Mm -hmm. touches me in some way. Um, And I, I, and it's, it's strange because I know it almost by heart, but it's still, it's still wonderful to Mm -hmm. read it again. Yeah.
0: Well, yeah, I think you said some interesting things there. Um, I mean, there's two ways to look at this. Sometimes it's, it's the opposite, right? It's like, I've just edited this thing, looked at it so many times. I'm just sick of it. It needs to get someone else needs to deal with it. You know, it's just too close to home. Um, but you know, obviously you want to enjoy your work, but yeah, there is like that, that point of no return. It's like, it just can't get any better. If I'm just going to keep obsessing over it um I've coached a bunch of writers over the years that really it, it's had been working on this thing for 12 years and it's like okay so let's talk through what's really holding you up because I think there's something else here you know it's like always rev- revising again and again you know it, um you're not going to make it any better uh just you know you got to get it out there get the first one out get it out of your system you know that's a good thing right um, exactly but, but I think that's important right it's just to know like it's not a hard date or but it's just there's a point where you go you know what it is what it needs to be. And I want to, I want to write more stories and tell more stories. There's more stories to tell. So let's, let's get the next one going. Um, I I appreciate a a
1: friend and colleague, Lori Shear, her name is, and she has, she does a a workshop called the fear of uh, success. Mm. And I I kind of agree with her. I think a lot of writers that never get that first book out or keep saying that they will, they're afraid that their, their life's going to change once the book comes out and I, it's true. It's going to change. It's going to be different. Um, and that's, that's scary, but also now, because it's been a while since I had a book out. Now with this book coming out, it's also that fear of people actually reading it and getting okay. that feedback and that maybe, you know, as, as artists as we are, mm-hmm. we, we never think we're good enough or that, you know, we have this uh, complex where we're just, you know, who are we to be this writer to do this thing? And here we send the book out. And so it's scary to know what people are going to think about it. And it's when you get feedback from, uh, I just got, uh, as you mentioned we'll mention later too, um, these these advanced reader copies out. Um, one man, he got it over the weekend and he said, I can't put it down. And, and so it's things like that, that keep you going and realize, yes, this is this is wonderful. And once you do get that first book out, you get Past a lot of that fear, because it's like, Okay, I can do this, and I should be doing this. This is what I'm you know meant to meant to do, mm-hmm. yeah,
0: yeah, and that and that's the imposter syndrome that we all face, like if you've written one book or a hundred books, like it still creeps in like it's just amazing where that I don't know always where it comes from, but it's like, hey, I've done this before, why am I freaking out over this, or what you know, and it doesn't mean it's gonna be the best thing ever, but yeah, no, I think that's an honest uh hopefully people hear this as hey, if you've written a few things or a million things. Yeah, there's always that, like, why am I doing this? What are we (laughs) wasting my time? And, you know, or one bad review and you just want to, you know, lay in bed all day. Uh, (laughs) Um, yeah. And I think that's good. I think it's because that's all part of it. It doesn't matter what kind of work you're doing or what you're putting out in the world. You're always this, that fear of like, what are they going to say? What are they going to think? They're going to know I'm a sham. They're going to know I'm not good at this, you know, all that. Um, so yeah, thanks for sharing that. Um, now I know you did mention and, and this is a, um, probably a, a topic that all of us can relate to if you're a little more creative or you're writing or you're making things whatever it is uh is that we hate the marketing thing we, we I mean most artists are a little more sensitive a little more <laughs> inward at times uh you know the the business side the marketing side feels like you know spammy and and sleazy and I don't want to be a salesman uh but let, let's talk through that so um anything you've been doing that you you found helpful kind of what's been your kind of strategy or practice of letting people know about the book getting it out there um did you did you start that before you were done or just now or or talk us through that a little bit
1: yeah so um i came across a man named dan blank i don't know if you're familiar with him he was at the uw writers institute uh, several years ago and he does it's uh, his book is called be the gateway and i liked his philosophy because it wasn't uh where you go out and say buy my book buy my book but it was um, and come along with me uh, as I develop these. Uh, join me on my on my travels here, and reaching out and making those human connections with people. And I that sounds like something I could do. Um, that I'd be interested in. I don't want to try to just talk my books. So I joined his mastermind class, and at that time I had like four hundred and thirty or so people on my newsletter list. But I'd never sent out a newsletter because I also thought, well, I should be paid for that. Why am I giving my writing away for free? Mm-hmm. And he said, no, 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 you need to be doing something with that. So I started my newsletter um, that comes out twice a month now. And that's been going on for about three, four years um, and built my list up to a seven, a little over seven, seven and a quarter, something like that. Um, and that has been wonderful for a couple of reasons. First of all, you know, I am building that community since a community with other people but i also it makes me write uh, on a daily basis as a novelist you know you could put it off for a while but now i have to produce stuff. And so that's a sense of accomplishment. And then I always get feedback from people on what it is. So one uh, once a month, it's on my writing and what I'm doing with it and publishing or whatever. And once a month, it's on book reviews. And people really appreciate that. So that's been going on for a while. And then I um, signed up for Tim Grawl. Um, I don't know if you've heard mm-hmm. of him. Yep. But he's yeah, he's a publicist. So um, I signed up for his book launch course. And have been working my way through it. Uh, I signed up for it like a year ago. And I have been pretty diligent about doing it. I'm only about 20% of the way through because each one of his words of advice takes me about two weeks to actually do i mean they're are big tasks and then i always and my friend abby who had told me about your show she said you know what if you just do 10 percent of all the marketing we're supposed to do you're going to be way ahead of the game and so you know i take that into consideration Mm -hmm. so right now um because the book is coming out june 6th i'm heavy into uh looking up reviewers, uh, people that would like to do a blurb, but also w- want to have reviews. And then I'm looking into influencers people that are interested in maybe, um, getting me on their podcast or their blog or, uh, giving me a review. Those two things I'm really working on right now. And, um, Tim Grawl and I, it, with the other two books, I did a lot of in-person things. I'm a very people person and I enjoy that. And it, it really makes me feel great to talk to people about the books. But those events take a lot of time. Mm-hmm. Um, if I'm having a book signing at a bookstore, I might take me a day and a half of prep work to get over there, to load my books up, to have everything ready. If I'm giving a talk, I've got to prepare for that. And then maybe I've got five people that show up. And whereas I'm on a podcast, like I am now, mm-hmm. I might reach thousands of people in in 45 minutes mm-hmm. um, with little little preparation because you're just asking me about my books and things I know. So I'm with these books, I'm leaning towards more podcasts, um, those kinds of things. Um, not so much social media, um, a little bit of that, but really podcasts, reviewers, um, and then my my newsletter list, they're my number one fans and they're excited and they're mm-hmm. thrilled. And so the more I um tell them about it and give them, you know, books and things like that, then the more thrilled they are. And then hopefully they'll pass it on to their friends and then it'll just, you know, explode, right? Mm-hmm. Right. You know, from right. there, on from right. there. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I hate to break it too the only people that listen to this podcast is me and my mother. So um, <laughs> oh, no, but you no, know she God. she might <laughs> she might be your first fan, you know? No, no. uh Yeah. No, you're, I think you're real smart in this. I think, um, you know, th- things like podcasts are very evergreen, you know? And, and so someone can listen to this in a month from now or two months or a year from now and go, Oh, I want to check out that book and it, you know, and go and f- pick it up. You know, that's, I think that's the beauty of, you know, people don't realize social media is so instant. And so now, and you, you actually lose and you don't, you see her, I mean, the stats are ridiculous, like how much people actually see what you post. So, you know, if it's 5% of the people that are following you, I mean, so even on a numbers level, I mean, just thinking through that, like, is that the best use of my time? Um, I, I also, like you said, just, it sounds like, you know, yourself very well. Like, Hey, if I'm a people person, I can do in-person things that still is an effective way, but maybe it's not the best use of my time for a variety of reasons. Um, If you're very introverted, of course, that's going to feel like death, you know? So, um, so it's just, yeah, knowing yourself, knowing, and there's so many different ways to market. I think everyone thinks there's one way there's only this way. Um, newsletter though is, is huge, you know, or some kind of connection with your audience that you can, you know, get an email address, keep, keep connected updates. You know, it can be as simple as that. Um, uh, yeah. Cause people want to, you know, they want to know you like that's, that's what sells actually is just your story and who you are and, I mean, you know, I, I imagine your, your books are great and, but they really want to know who Kristen is. They want to get behind the scenes. They want to feel a connection. And I think that's what's what's neat the day we live in. Like we didn't have that kind of access to authors before, you know, like who right. Stephen King or whoever. I mean, I'm on Stephen King's newsletter. It's awesome. Like he talks about his life and, you know, it's yeah. it's, it's pretty cool. Like we didn't have that before, you know? Yeah. Um. So yeah,
1: ago, I was down in Chicago. I had belonged to the international Women's Oh, I forget the name of the organization now because I lived I lived abroad for a short time and they had a big banquet. It was one of the most beautiful hotels in downtown Chicago. And I don't know, there was probably 100, 200 people there. The keynote speaker was the CEO of Delta Airlines, an amazing woman. And I'm sitting at this table with, I don't know, about eight other seven, eight or nine other, I guess it was 10 to a table. And on one side, um, the woman is the wife of the ambassador to such and such country. And the other side, the woman, um, is works with a cultural center downtown where they've got the immigrants coming in and she's helping them out. And I mean, these just amazing women doing these incredible things, things that just far beyond what I would do. And they turn to me and they say, so what do you do? And I'm thinking. <laughs> I said, well, I write books. And they went crazy. They thought that was the most amazing thing they'd ever heard. It was really something. I think it's because everybody has stories and everybody in the back of their mind think, well, I could write a book someday. And then 99% of the people just don't. And so when they meet a writer, it's just something that kind of they dream about and then they're excited about because they kind of understand that, wow. so yeah, it's it's uh really something else, yeah,
0: well, and I think too, it's it's that funny thing where you know people that do what you do, it's not that interesting because you kind of know what they do, but it's the opposite, right? It's like you know, she's helping immigrants, but she's like, you're a writer, that's amazing, like I don't know any right, you know, it's like this kind of yeah. mythical you know creature, uh, which I think is great, you know, and that's that that is there is something to that is just not being afraid of, of what you're making or what you're you know putting yourself out there. Cause I think people do find that when you're genuine about it, they find it interesting and they go, Hey, maybe I'm not a writer. Or I don't read books, but like, Hey, I want to hear more about that. You know, that's, that's fascinating. Right. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of why I do this podcast. It's really just, that's how it started. I was just curious about, you know, the ins and outs of, of writing and creativity. And I wanted to talk to people that have done it and done it well, you know, and, and it's kind of gone from there, but um. Yeah. No. That's that's good. So uh, hopefully you're taking some of the fear out of marketing and getting yourself out there and and all that for people listening. Um. Well. Well, Kristen. Just as we're um kind of getting closer to the end. Um. You know what's kind of. Uh, I know you're sometimes I hate asking this question only because you're in the thick of getting a book out and you're busy. It's like, well, what's next? Um, so, I mean, any, any future things you're looking at, I mean, beyond this, this book, getting these multiple parts out, um, multiple books out in the future, is that kind of the the next phase or what else are you working on?
1: Oh, it's, um, kind of a crazy year. So yeah, definitely the books are there, um, in the next, uh, the, the weekend of uh, March 25th and 26th is the Chicago Writer Association's uh, "Let's Just Write" an uncommon conference. So it's a writers conference, and I'll be teaching there um, a workshop on characterization. And also, we have a live lit event that I moderate, which is a lot of fun. Um, so I urge people to look at that at Chicago Writes, you know, W R I T E S dot com dot um, org. Sorry, dot org. Um, that's coming up, um, pretty quick. And then I'm also on the board of the Chicago Writers Association, even though I live in Madison, um, with, um, several other, other, um, people from around the area, but mostly from Chicago. And I am co-director uh director of the educational programming with my friend, Lori Shear, that I mentioned. And so we, I have a workshop coming up in April, also on characterization, and we have a couple others of those coming up too. So, those are the big things. Um, I'm also moving. So, and that's in the beginning of May. And I'm going to be a grandma for the first no time in September. Congratulations. So, congratulations. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. It's a quite yeah. a year, quite an exciting all year. Right. You
0: got a lot of great things going on. Uh, yeah. So, uh, let's see. Best place to, um, I know your book's coming out and um, to get the book coming out. Is there uh, advanced reader copies or pre order or newsletter? You mentioned newsletter. Tell us yeah. where we can find okay. all the good stuff. So,
1: yeah, the newsletter, you can reach me. You can reach it on my website. It's Kristen. That's K-R-I-S-T-I-N and then oakley, O-A-K-L-E-Y dot net. And you can sign up for the newsletter there. Like I said, it comes out. It'll be coming out tomorrow. I'm, um, reviewing, uh, the wondrous brief life of Oscar Wilde, which I really enjoyed. Um, and then, um, also I am looking right now, uh, for ARC readers, uh, advanced reader copy, review viewers and readers. So what you would do is the book is actually in it's um, you can get it online or a paper book and I will send it to you in return for a honest review on Amazon when the book is released on June 6th. So if you're interested, you can also go to my website and sign up the form there. Um, and I really appreciate that. I'm up to 45 people so far. So um, Fantastic. love to hear that. And then, and these are uh, these are also a little scary to send out because they're not the final books um there might be some typos and things in there and so i also appreciate if people do see that um to point those out to me so those are the two two ways to to reach me in the most and then if you want to see me in person in chicago i will be in in chicago yeah. at the end of this month
0: Great. Yeah. Well, yeah, we'll definitely have all this in the show notes. So you can click on all the links. We'll put the Chicago rights in your website and <clears throat> all that good stuff. Um, I love uh, reader, uh, advanced reader copies with typos because I have a bunch of them because people send me stuff all the time. And I love the mistakes, actually, because I, I think it just feels real and honest and people s- sweated over this thing and bled and there's mistakes. And I love it yeah. because it's you know it's not there yet, but yeah, it's it's Yeah, great.
1: they're actually... <laughs> So as I said, these have been going out, and I'm I met with my friend Mary, the one I mentioned before, and you know, on page two, she already found a typo. So, <laughs>
0: right, yeah, and <laughs> I, like, hey, it's
1: supposed to be like that. I was going to check with you to see it. I'm like, no, it's not supposed to be. Well, like Kristen,
0: that. I have to tell this real quick. I I tell this story. I've I told a million times. Is I won't name names. It's a best selling book. First paragraph mistake. Best selling book went out to millions of people, and there's a mistake right in the first paragraph. So anyone that's a writer, don't freak, don't freak about it. It's a real thing. It's nothing's perfect. So yeah, there you go. Um, Well, Kristen, this has been fantastic. Uh, Thank you for coming on our show. Thank you for paying attention to people and helping us uh, think about characters and books and sharing your story and your journey. I know you helped a lot of people today. So uh, yeah, thanks again for coming on.
1: Thank you so much, Ryan. It was a lot of fun.
0: My pleasure. Well, there you have it, my friends. Kristen Oakley. Go check out her book, The Devil Particle. Probably when you hear this episode, it will be live very, very soon. And I think if you go to her website, we'll have all the information in the, in the show notes, but if you go to her website, I think she'll even give you review copies or free copies uh, to a select group. Uh, I think in exchange for perhaps a a review. So go check that out. Go check out Kristen's work. And, and I hope you heard in the conversation, maybe underneath that little thread, that little lining of We do this because we have to, we we do this for the joy. We, we, we spend these weeks and months and years making this thing, telling these stories because it matters. There's something pulling us along. There's something compelling us. You hear about Kristen's work with other writers and helping other writers. There's just something about, this is a a way to serve others, a way to help others. And so I really appreciate Kristen. I really appreciate her work. I appreciate her perspective, And uh, hopefully you were encouraged by this conversation to keep going in whatever you're making, whatever you're doing, that whatever that thing that is pulling you along, you know, it's there and it's, it's strong and you can't shake it, but I think it's divine. I think it's put there by our maker. I think it is something we can't put aside, uh, even if we want to, and, and it matters. So, so go make some, some great art today. Uh, Just a couple things before we go. Hey, if you enjoyed the show, share it with your friends, share it with family, share it on the interweb, share it on social media. A great way is just word of mouth to get the show out into the world. If you enjoy the show, leave an honest review wherever you listen to podcasts. That helps us too. It helps us get things out there. And also go check out the, the Substack, ryanjpelton.substack.com. I'll put it in the show notes where you can get on the newsletter. Every week I share seven things I'm paying attention to. Keep you updated on the latest podcasts and articles and books and all that good stuff. And, uh, and yeah, join the community. We have some conversation too about creative work. And, uh, how to help each other in our craft and whatever we're making whatever we're doing so so join the fun join the community really appreciate the feedback appreciate you listening in appreciate all of you and before we go i do have one important thing to say go make some great art with your life and i'll talk to you real real soon